You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Of conduct. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. Yeah. My castle won't crumble. Nah. What I tackle will fumble. Yeah. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Nah. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Yeah. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening a cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. You I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? What? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence, the King. And uh, I got a great show. I'm, I'm excited. Before I get into it, I do got to say that you are listening to your boy on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping locally and nationally. Listen, uh, national. I'm sorry. I'm just ready. Shout out to my man, Renaissance <laughs> Man. Let's go. He said he's ready for some deep fried dolphin. I said I'm ready for barbecue sushi. Let's get it, man. I got my man. I got a good show tonight. I got a really, really good show tonight. I have, um, I feel like two of sports fans' favorites, especially uh, Bills fans. We have a treat tonight. My man, Marcel Louis Jacques, is joining me from ESPN. The GOAT himself. What's going on, brother? I don't know about GOAT, man, but happy to be here. You know, I always look forward to Bill's Week. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Hear a lot of chatter on both sides. I feel like uh, half of my job now is, is to unite everybody. Not unite to agree on Sundays, but just to unite as in provide context and information for two different fan bases. And it's always fun because it's always a war in those mentions, man. Well, you know what? It's a war, but now I feel like this is this is one of the most anticipated games that I feel like the Bills and Dolphins collectively. I mean, I feel like um, recently, obviously, Dolphins fans get up for this game the way Bills fans used to get up for uh, like the Patriots. And it's like, no, we're going to beat them this time. So they're amped for it. But then Bills fans was like, eh, whatever. This week is a different vibe. This week is like everybody like, oh, y'all, y'all think y'all something with this 2-0. Come see us. So w- what's the vibe? From your seat, from where you are down in Palm Beach, looking at the the beautiful beaches and all that stuff, what's what's the vibe for you out there? Uh, people are excited, man. Uh, they're excited. It's it's. Uh, I think that the rational 
Dolphins fans have a little bit of cautious optimism. Um, I think there's been a lot of hype around this team ever since the Mike McDaniel hire and definitely uh, it spiked ever since the Tyreek Hill trade back in March. So uh, what happened last week, I mean, we all, everybody knows numbers at this point, six touchdowns there for Tua. Uh, but that was like, if you're a Dolphins fan, like that is exactly what you're dreaming of on the day of the trade. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to just tell some Tyreek's going to go for 202 touchdowns, Jalen's going to have 175 and two, Tua going to throw for six. Like you would think that you're exaggerating, right? Because it sounds like made up Google numbers, mm-hmm. but th- that actually happened. That's what they're yeah. capable of. And, you know, bad defense, good defense, rookie corner, seasoned vet, six touchdowns or six touchdowns, bro. Those are video is, game numbers. That's is. hard I to was put just, up. I was just about to say, Tua was looking like, you know, Miami fans playing on on Madden. Like, because – and I wasn't – I'm not saying it like he was out there. Look, I, I get it, Bills fans. He doesn't have Josh Allen's arm. I get it. He can't throw it 80 yards on a rope. I get it. But guess what? He he threw some touchdowns and there was a there was a post out there earlier that I saw where they was like this would have been intercepted if he turned around and then I was, like I went back and watched the all twenty two and it's like no it wasn't even close like the way he the angle that I saw it was like okay yeah it looked like he could intercept it but if you watch it no two put that where it was supposed to be and and listen if that's how he's gonna look this season the Dolphins have something to say about the division I still think it's Buffalo's but they have yeah. something to say. Yeah, angles are important, man. When you see that end zone view, you see Peters was a little farther away, but uh, that that was a very popular critique of that of that play. Was it underthrown a tad? But we're, we're splitting hairs here because it was still a forty-eight yard touchdown. But what people aren't taking into account is that, and this is how I know, like this is that's Madden brain talking. Marcus Peters was burnt, right? So what do you do when you're burnt? You try to find that extra gear. He's running extra hard to try to keep up with Tyreek. So you're asking a player in his first game back from a torn ACL to turn and pirouette on a dime for a ball he didn't know was necessarily coming or didn't know where it was right out of his full stance. Look, man, he's a great corner, but that is, uh, again, he, he it's not like he's just pressing triangle. You know what I mean? Like, it's a hard yeah. play. Uh, yeah. to, he got it where it needed to be. And, and you know, as, as far as busted coverages go, uh, you know, I, I watched the play several times. Uh, Kyle Hamilton's safety, he bit down really hard on Jalen Waddle coming across the middle. But what people aren't necessarily giving Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins credit for is they had been running that route at them all game. So Hamilton has been kind of destined to believe, has been programmed to believe that that's his man. So he's going to bite down on it, especially if he's a rookie, which allowed Tyreek to get one-on-one coverage on the outside, even in cover three. One-on-one with Tyreek, you know where that ball is going. So yeah. it's dangerous, man. But I, I, I've said I've said for the past two weeks that this version of the Dolphins could probably have beaten last year's version of the Bills. You know, if this version of the Dolphins played in either of those two games last year, I think that they probably split. The issue for Miami is that this version of the Bills would have beat last year's Bills too. They yeah. got better. They got better. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but they look unstoppable. It looks like a, a machine out there right now. Every it's every that you're looking for, it seems like they've somehow filled. I was saying to you before we went on, I was saying like one of the, the hardest, and I've been saying this the last couple of weeks. So if you listen to the code of conduct, you've heard me say this, and because it's just an honest, it's an honest feeling. 
I try to always be honest. And like last season and the season before, uh, and then actually when Josh first played, you know, if he wasn't good, it's like, okay, Josh didn't have a good game today. I try to be honest. This team makes it real hard to not sound like I'm, I'm arrogant or flexing. It's like, I'm not trying to, I promise. But, but when Josh is doing, I mean, come on, man. Like when Josh is doing the stuff that he's doing, it's just like, come on, man. It's not fair. It's not. And like, and it's not, it's not even just Josh. It's Devin Singletary looks like a different runner this year. It, it seems like he's finally putting it together. Uh, Gabe Davis showed that, uh, that the game against the Chiefs game wasn't a fluke. He's looking like a legitimate 1B. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's looking like a legitimate 1B. Micah and Jordan on defense are are still just as sharp as ever. Boyer's looking hey, for Boyer. back-to-back all-pro seasons right now. Excuse me. Hey, and dog. <clears throat> And most importantly, like the biggest difference of all is this pass rush, the, the front seven, the pass rush, b- being able to apply that kind of pressure without blitzing. Fam. Fam. I like, said earlier, where do you attack? I was, I was watching the game back earlier and I texted Joe Miller and I'm like, yo, how was the defense actually better than the offense? You know, and, and again, that that's it comes across sounding cocky or arrogant. It's like, no, when you go back and watch that game, they scored seven points, man. On that one have- open drive. And then, oh, man. like, it just – and the addition of Von Miller, I one thing that Brandon Bean uh, – what that Brandon Bean told us two years ago that stuck with me for a while now uh, is saying that they weren't one player away. It was after they, they had lost to uh, – they lost to Houston in the wild mm-hmm. card round after the 2019 season. He said, look, we're not one player away. You don't lose in the wild card round if you're one player away. Um you know, they, they didn't make it as far as they did in 2020 last year. Obviously, they, they got bounced in the divisional round. But it, it feels like adding Vaughn Miller was was really a one-player-away type move. It really is having that kind of impact. The way he's able to win his one-on-one rushes or, or even just attract double teams is opening things up for the other guys on the line. And he brings that element that they have not had during this kind of resurgence in Buffalo. They haven't had – shout-out to Jerry Hughes, who was good for the – he did a great job – you know, he did his job during the time there, but he was never a dynamic pass rusher. He's a guy who could probably put some pressure on the quarterback, but not he's not attracting attention like Vaughn yeah. Miller. Is. And so that was a it was always a missing element. It's why they drafted three defensive ends in the past uh, three mm-hmm. drafts <clears throat> or three and two drafts back to back. So uh, it, it's just again. And uh, I, I I love what Miami did this offseason. I love the team yeah. that they've built. I love what this front office has done. Like I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of those moves that they've made. Anytime, I mean, shoot, man, anytime you can trade for Tyreek Hill, you, you essentially won the offseason. I, I thought this offense is doing exactly what I've been trying to tell Bills fans it was going to do. But it is hard to find a weakness in a Buffalo team that looks this good when they're not even at full strength. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because, um, well, first you mentioned shameless plug. You mentioned resurgence, and I want to shout out the, the Buffalo Rumblings <laughs> beer that just dropped this past Saturday. Shout out to your boy Jay Spence, the King. Holla at me. Uh, but let's talk about the game, man. Because now, like you said, everything everything that happened leading up to this week is almost like perfect for the NFL. You know, it it, it almost if if I'm being honest, it almost feels like this is one of those games that they wish they could they could flex early in the season like this this is like the perfect scenario for them a divisional game week three both teams just on fire um let's start with the dolphins what do the dolphins have to do what like 
what do they have to do for them to come up victorious against the Bills this weekend? I, I think that one of the main keys to victory is they have to force Buffalo to blitz in order to apply pressure. Uh, Buffalo blitzes at the second lowest rate in the NFL right now, yet they have the highest sack rate in the NFL. They can send four and get the job done. Mm-hmm. Miami's offensive line has to hold up better than that because if they're only sending four, that means they can drop seven back in coverage and this mm-hmm. quick hit, quick passing, intermediate passing offensive scheme that Miami wants to run with its yak guys like Hill and Waddle, it's going to be a lot harder to do that with seven guys back playing zone. You have to force them to blitz in order to in, in order to apply pressure. Uh, Tua has to be, and it's one of his it is one of his strengths, especially in this offense. Tua has to take what he is given. He can't he can't try to force the issue, and that's what I thought he did an excellent job of on Sunday. Is that even despite being down twenty one, he didn't try to get it all back with one throw. Uh, he, mm-hmm. you know, we see the six touchdowns. No one talks about him completing 72% of his passes. Like he, he picked them apart throughout the game. He took what Baltimore gave. And then when coverage busted and when he had opportunities to go downfield, he threw the ball downfield. Uh, but he can't have lapses like he did uh, for the second interception that he threw. Really both interceptions he threw Sunday, even the first one to, to Hill. Uh, safety broke on it, read it the entire way. It was a late pass, and he missed two open receivers. So it, he can't have lapses like that because Buffalo will make you pay for it. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you don't count on coming back 21 <laughs> against this team. I think that's asking a little much. And then <clears throat> defensively, man, what can you do? What can you do? Contain Josh Allen, I guess, is the that that's the that's the the hope, right? That's the prayer, but. I, I'm not sure that there's a way to contain Josh Allen. So I guess you can't let little you can't let things like Devin Singletary, you know, last year, I think he scored on a 50 yard run on their yeah. second play mm-hmm. of the game. You can't let things like that happen. You have to you have to make Josh Allen beat you because if the other if the auxiliary guys are also killing you, Josh is gonna lick his lips and have a field day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you, you've got to force him into decisions, you've got to put pressure on him. You got to fly to the ball. You got to wrap up. Don't end up on a poster. He will stiff arm you. He will hurdle you. Mm-hmm. Fly to the ball. Try to punch at it. Try to create turnovers because, uh, you know, I, I don't know. A, a shootout would be fun to watch. I'm not 100% sure I can take the Dolphins in a shootout against <laughs> Buffalo right now, especially if Gabe Davis is playing. It's out of the lot. So I can't take it. But I feel you. <laughs> I tell you what, though, um, as a Bills, so like for the first two weeks, you know, it's been fun to blow teams out. You know, obviously it's fun, but I, I would I, I don't want a stressful game. I don't want a heart attack, but I would like a little competition. So I'm hoping and I'm not see again, that sounded like I was being an ass, man. I'm not like I, I really, you know, I would like to see some good football. The first half of the game, it yeah. seems like the Bills are kind of like trying to put it together. Let me ask you this about the Bills offense, because uh, you kind of just talked about like trying to contain Josh and doing these things and saying you're right. Devin Singletary or James Cook can't break a run when that's not our normal way of scoring. Like if we're not a run heavy team, you can't let us get those two because then you're really going to be done. But it looks like now um, and I I just want to see if this is your assessment, too. I I rewatched both games for the Buffalo Bills, and it seems like it seems like Allen and Diggs are are kind of reminiscent of what we saw with Brady and Welker a couple years back or a few years back at this point. Mm. It almost seems like they're trying to replace the run game with like short four or five yard passes where, or even three yard passes where Diggs gives an eight yard gain, nine yard gain. And then we're just moving. It's not even like they're taking difficult 
chances or anything like that. They're just moving. And then once the defense says, oh, no, nah, screw that, we're going to stop it, then they go over the top or then they Josh will scramble or whatever. And it just seems like how, how do you – like unless Josh just has an off game, how do you stop this dude? It's <clears throat> it's hard, and that's that's something I've noticed about him over his first two games here is his his willingness – to take whatever is in front of him. He's not necessarily trying to set a tone. He's not trying to, to, to force the issue or press. It, he's saying, look, man, if if you're going to make me get the ball out quick and take four, five, six yards at a time, I'm more than happy to to do that mm-hmm. until we all mess up. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that, you know, it, it's kind of reminiscent of what, if you remember in 2000, I want to say it was 20, um, there was no there was no run game. There, there was no run game. And so what they would have to do is essentially manufacture those short yards by dumping it to Cole Beasley in the slot. Uh, actually, I, I, now that he's gone, I can say it. Uh, I talked to Brian Dable about that on the phone. That's saying, like, look, we can't run the ball, so that's what we have to do. Uh, so I, I don't know if it's necessarily exactly like that right now because I don't think they – I, I don't think they're struggling to run the ball very much. I, I, I think that, I think Singletary's been pretty effective. Uh, yes. you know, he's guaranteed to make the first man miss. He's been like that since a rookie. And we're, we're seeing finish runs uh, a little stronger now. Mm-hmm. We're seeing, I think, even a little more burst out of him than we did in his first couple years in the league. So it, it, it's, again, it's just, it's hard to stop this. It's hard to stop this Buffalo offense. They've punted, what, once in the past three, three games. It, it's, there is no – if I knew how to stop this offense, I, I probably wouldn't be here right now. I would probably be coaching. Like that's a, I, I don't know if there's an easy – I don't know if there's an easy fix. Uh, you – I hate to say, like, you got to hope that they make a mistake, but you have to try to force turnovers here, and you can't give them short field. You can't give them easy buckets. So you can't turn the ball over if you're Miami. Uh, you, you you can't commit penalties and beat yourself. You can't give them free yards. You, you kind of have to play. You kind of have to play a perfect game here. That's as tall of a task as that sounds. That's, that's kind of how it goes. Talk that talk, bro. So, like you just keep going. Like I, I appreciate this. You 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 doing me a favor yeah, like, right now. <laughs> it's again. It, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost stumbling over myself because like I'm trying to on my feet think of a, a defense that would work against Josh Allen, and it, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there is one. I think that you can't blitz them because you're going to find they, they have receivers who get open too quickly and too well, not to mention he can run away from you and find the hole. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit back in a zone because he's going to pick that apart. And again, he can run. And if you play it's, man, it's even hard to play. It's even hard to play man. <laughs> I mean, you could throw Xavier Howard on, on Stefan Diggs, but uh, you know, I'm not sure what we're going to see at corner. Uh, opposite of Xavier Howard, I think that you know we've seen Nick Needham, um, their their normal slot guy, start on the outside the past couple of games. Rookie undrafted guy Cater Kohu, um, I think is probably going to get the start come Sunday. Uh, he started the second half against the Ravens, and I thought he played pretty well. Mike McDaniel agreed, uh, but still, I mean that's a, that's a, a matchup issue between Davis and Kohu. So there's no easy uh, there's no easy fix. There's no easy fix. I think that you got to just kind of keep them in front of you like the Bills did to the Chiefs a couple of years ago and uh, pick your spots and make sure you don't waste your possessions. 
Man, but let's let's switch up real quick from the game. Um, <laughs> I know you have some some vested interest in everything that's going on out here in Phoenix right now. I feel like um, the, the the coach for your college team was just relieved of his duties in a in a weird way. I don't think I've ever personally seen that. Um, how do you feel about Herm Edwards being let go from ASU? But everybody I talk to about that program, whether it's it's agents or players, coaches just say it's a disaster. It's, yeah. a, it's a disaster. Notably, and I'm just the, the Spark Notes version, they cheated and still suck. And I can't, I can't condone that. I can't accept that. I'm embarrassed by that. I would be ashamed, I guess, is the PC way to put it, if we won and got caught cheating. But we can't, how do you cheat and lose, bro? Like, then what's the point? I don't under, like, I'm not condoning cheating, but at least do it right. well. If you're going to do it, like, right. that's, yeah. So, like, he just he, he put a lot of uh, a selfish staff together. Uh, I think uh, that we're trying to kind of boost their own careers. Did not care about the rules whatsoever. Uh, did not develop talent properly. Uh, put a couple of receivers in the NFL back to that. Was, that was nice, I guess. But like that, we're not we're not a sleeping giant anymore. Like, I don't, I don't, I never really understood that that phrase. Like, sleeping giant. We've been asleep for. A hundred years, man. Like we have been, we're a, a fairy tale at this point. Like it's a, it's a, a folklore at this point. Like it's not real uh, until we get something, do something exciting, bring somebody that brings excitement to the table. I, I did read an athletic article uh, the other day. Uh, I forget the guy's name, Kenny something. Uh, he's the OC at Oregon right now. And they're saying like, he's Arizona guy. He's going to embrace PAC 12 after dark and this and that. And like, it, it sounds like it sounded kind of planted. It, it, it read like a PR release, but the, the idea and the concept are are things that I agree with. You do need somebody that's going to embrace your time slots. That's going to embrace your location, embrace what the school, uh, what it means to live in Arizona. Like you need somebody that's going to recruit in state. Uh, I think I read in that mm -hmm. same article they've they've signed, I think three top fifty players from the state of Arizona in the past that's five crazy. years. Like they're going. Other states are poaching. Them Spencer Rattler should not be going to Oklahoma, you know what I mean? Like guys yes. like that, Kirk should not be going. This is before uh Herm's time, but Chris or Christian Kirk should not be going to Texas AM. Devontae Neal should not be going to Notre Dame. Like, you need to be able to keep your guys. That's why it was a big deal when they got Nikhil Harry and Chase Lucas, the kids out of Chandler, because it was like, okay, maybe things are turning around. Yeah. And then, and DJ Foster, even before that, that's out of that Saguaro factory. Saguaro should be a direct pipeline to ASU, bro. And, yeah, so uh, that's that's my – as you can tell, I don't really think about it too often. But yeah. – uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I enjoy your tweets. Well, like last season, during the games, like I just used to enjoy your tweets after the game. Because, like, it would seem like every week you're just like, <clears throat> okay, her, just going in. But so this year, I like – so I went to Canisius for college. So obviously we didn't have a football team. So I was kind of like a free agent, just watch whoever. So this year I was going to go with ASU. And I've tweeted it out. I'm like, yeah, I'm in Phoenix now. I'm going to go with – and everybody was just like, yo – sorry like why are you gonna do that to yourself so i ended up going with lsu but it's just like yo you're right like even that type of energy me saying well i want to be a fan and everybody's like don't do it don't even do it to yourself that, that's embarrassing like they are not how do you you can't be arizona state and lose the state of arizona you can't yeah. you, you can't do that ohio state didn't lose ohio louisiana state keeps things in check in louisiana mm-hmm 
You know, I'm trying to think of more or more state schools. No, but you, or, like, you're right, though. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, Georgia don't let nobody do nothing down there. Like, don't Georgia don't do nobody's right. doing nothing in Georgia. Run your state, man. That's why. And like the windows closed because Lincoln Riley's at USC now. People don't realize like how tight USC is when USC is on top. You, California is closed. The borders are closed to any other program right now. That it's over. It's done. Like you want Sleeping Giant? That was a Sleeping Giant at USC. They just needed to stop hiring Clay Helton's of the world and, and go get you a, a real coach. And that's exactly what they did. All right. Well, let's let's. let's uh, I got a couple more minutes with you before I let you, gotta let you go. Listen, everybody that's watching tonight live, um, if you're not. Uh, doing anything obviously we have the hump day hotline following at nine but marcel was also doing uh what, what, why don't you let everybody know what you got going on tonight i'm yeah. hosting some things co-hosting uh freddie and fitzsimmons on espn radio you can check it out on the espn app espn radio itself sirius xm channel 80 uh something that i've been doing a lot more over the past two three months just trying to kind of expand my repertoire here and uh it, it's it's a lot of fun it's a graveyard shift man 9 p.m to 1 a.m on the east coast uh, it, it's a uh, it's a grind, but it, if you want to hear me talk about more than just NFL uh, opinions on NBA, NFL or M MLB, I'm one of these days I'm gonna talk Premier League. I'm gonna try to talk some soccer in there. I don't know uh, I don't know how much, how well that's gonna fly, but uh, if you need something in the background while you're doing X Y Z, open up your ESPN app and you should be able to find it right there. Yeah, man. Check out Marcel. Yeah, know well, everybody in the comments, like I, I could I can scroll back up and throw them out, man. Like everybody um misses you in Buffalo. Like we're we're extremely first of all, if if I haven't said it to you personally, like I get it. Like Miami, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, realistically, man, man um I, we miss you in Buffalo. Not that anybody is doing anything like we we have great coverage. We have a great team. Um, but no, you just you embraced the city differently when you got there. You told some jokes and, you know, you showed the struggles of coming to Buffalo. And, you know, so just all of it, man, you embraced it. So so now we appreciate you, man. And and good luck down there. Well, let's get your prediction on this game. Let's get the final score or around. I know you I don't know if you do that too often, but let's get what you kind of think. Oh, man, we uh, we used to do final score predictions. And I think we just cut that out this year. Um, the Bills are five and a half point favorites right now. Uh, I think I would take them if I was a betting man. I think I'm taking Buffalo. Uh, this is Miami's, I think this is Miami's best shot. If so, if they split, it's going to be on Sunday. But um, I, I just think bills are rolling a little too, little too smoothly right now. The Dolphins are almost, are almost there. It, it feels like 2019 Bills Patriots, where they weren't quite ready to cross over that hump yet. But I think that they do enough Sunday to let them know, to let Buffalo know, hey, this uh, we coming. Yeah. We're here. Like we're all, we're we'll be back. We'll be back. But uh, we're they're not necessarily ready to to knock Debo out quite yet. But um, of course, man, like with guys like Tyreek and Jalen, you just you really never know because all it takes is a couple of plays to break a game open. Uh, I think that um, I think this is a different Tua Tonga Vailoa than people gave him credit for. I think he's a better passer than people give him credit for. I think he is a he is a more of a gamer that people give him credit for. So I tweeted after the game, like two is him. Y'all, a lot of y'all need to apologize. Uh with out proper context, kind of on purpose. <laughs> I'm gonna be wrong with it. But what necessarily that means, it doesn't mean he's the number one quarterback in the history of all time. I'm not calling him better than Allen Mahomes, Rogers, any of these guys. What I'm saying is like though when when 
it's crunch time, when it's crunch time, when it's time to clutch up, when it's time to hit your shots, when it's time to hit your throws, Tua does that. I, I tweeted out a full list of his uh, of his stats in the fourth quarter over the past several years, and it's not garbage time. He's 17 and eight as a starter. And while wins are not quarterback stats, his team winning means he's not playing in garbage time games. He's not down mm-hmm. by several scores like we saw on Sunday. So it's not empty large. It's not Blake Bortles yards. It's not Matt Stafford yards. Uh, like he, he really can get it done. I mean, fourth quarter on Sunday, 13 to 17 for 199 and, and uh, four touchdowns, man. Like that's, that's not a joke. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that when I say he's him, He's a starting NFL quarterback, man. Like, I, I think that he deserves a little bit more respect than Bills fans are willing to give him at this point. Um, I don't expect him to spit up over himself on Sunday. But, uh, you know, this is a team that this is a team that has a lot of speed. Uh, it's well coached, it, very well coached. I think Mike McDaniel is the real deal. Uh, so if there is a way to exploit the Bills defense, I think that he is going to find it. and. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of the other side. I think I'm more concerned about Miami's defense against Buffalo's offense than uh, Miami's offense against Buffalo's defense. And, you know, it's not disrespect to either side, but uh, that's just kind of how I see it going. No, I get it. I'm with you 100%, man. Uh, listen, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this. I know um, – first of all, I know Miami life, but then secondly, you the, you the man, you that dude down there. So I appreciate you, man. Anytime you ever need me, you already know, hit me up. I appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Marcel Louis Jacques of ESPN, the GOAT, my man. <laughs> appreciate you, man. Always a pleasure. Buffalo, you know, uh, I do miss y'all even if I'm down here. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't personal or anything like that. Uh, I thought it was a better career move. No, I thought it was no, great to expand. No, no. Marcel, no, I'm sorry to cut you off because I don't cut people off like that. But I'm saying, no, 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 no. It is personal, but not personal like that towards us. But it's man, you do your thing. You keep growing. You keep doing your thing. And that's why every chance I get to give you a compliment like that when I text you, yo, Miami looks good on you, man. I mean that, man. Keep doing your thing. It's football. Forget these fans, man. We're going to love you anyway. At the end of the day, right? It's football. Once a year, maybe twice in the playoffs. We'll see how it goes. But uh, no, man, it was uh, I miss the people. Uh, miss everybody on that beat. Uh, excited to see everybody down here on uh, on Saturday and Sunday. But uh, yeah, man, let's hope for a good game. Yes, sir. I'll connect with you Saturday, man. Shots on me if you're around. Whoa, whoa. My man. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Marcel Luis Jacques, I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Okay. Here's the deal. I know as Bills fans, we wait all year for the fall and the winter so we can go to the Bills games. I get it. Trust me, I do. But let me tell you why this time of the year is elite. It's party time. And we're going to party for so many reasons, whether it's a graduation party, a birthday party, family reunion, or just because it's Saturday and the weather's perfect. Here's the thing. My guy, Buffalo Freddy, has everything you need to make your party the best party of the year. We have everything from chairs and tables to premium tents, water slides, wet and dry bounce houses, and so much more. And that's not all. The best barbecue catering in Western New York has you covered, whether it's a small party or a corporate gathering. Buffalo Freddy Barbecue Catering makes everything easy for you. Rentals and bookings available now at www.buffalofreddy.com or you can call 716-4-FREDDY. That's 716-437-3339. Remember, for all your party rental needs, just call 4-FREDDY.
Yeah, uh, y'all don't understand how excited I am for this. I just tried to play it cool before we went live. I'm just letting y'all know. I'm like, yeah, thank you for doing this. And she's all gracious. I have the one and the only, everybody's favorite host, everybody's favorite entertainer, Miss Joy Taylor from FS1, the co-host of Speak on FS1. How is it going, Miss Taylor? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation because we have a big game coming up this weekend. <laughs> we do. We do. But you know what? Before we get into the game, I actually I'm a little shocked because this whole time I've been watching you for years now, I feel like. And I, I've always thought that you were which I feel like you are a Miami fan on several levels. But the other day you were like you, you showed some allegiance to Pittsburgh that I didn't realize was there. So um can we talk a little bit about that first? Because honestly, I, I had a list of order of how I wanted to ask things, but Bills fans all day have been like, yo, what is going on with this Bill? The best fan take. You think Pittsburgh and a couple others are up there. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Okay, well, so I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. Okay. So uh, the first 18 years of my life, I lived in Pittsburgh. And I mean, if you're from Buffalo, then you're a Bills fan. Mm -hmm. If you're from Pittsburgh, you're a Steelers fan. So obviously, when my brother was drafted to the Dolphins, and even really before that, because I was a Dan Marino fan, and Dan Marino is a pit guy, I had some, you know, a little, you know, affinity for the Dolphins. But then obviously, when Jason started playing there, then, you know, it's blood over mm -hmm. where I'm yep. born, when it comes to my fandom. And then I went to school in Miami, and covered Miami sports for the first couple years of my career. I started my career in Miami. So I'm, I'm in a kind of unique space where I have allegiances with also two AFC teams, which makes it a little complicated. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. And so I know that organization and I, you know, root for the Steelers, but I also have deep, you know, binds to the Dolphins as well. And uh, so it's kind of like this weird enigma. I know it's not a cool thing to have two teams, but it's just the way that it turned out for me uniquely. You know what, though? I don't I don't give anybody crap for that because I feel like, you know, first of all, at this point, it's 2022. Like, are we really going to try to tell people who they can be fans of? You know, like, look, if I like the like if Josh Allen leaves Buffalo, which he won't. But if he ever leaves Buffalo, I'm going to be a fan of wherever the hell he goes. So I can't I can't be mad at, you know, if your brother went to Miami and whatever. So so let, let's talk about that take, though, because that's what people have been like. Yo, you got to You got to ask her. So Bill's fans feel like. You know, we went through a 17 year drought where we didn't even have playoffs. We sold those games out a lot of times. Sometimes they were blacked out early on, but we sold those games out. We tailgate better than everybody. We travel better than everybody. We're, we're loyal. And I get it. Pittsburgh is like that. But they also they didn't have the same type of um, they didn't have that tragedy as a fan base. Like, you know, you didn't go. Off. You had Big Ben and um, Miami. Yeah, they didn't win a Super Bowl. But I mean, they haven't had the same type of uh, struggle as Bills fans. So I guess we just went a little more in depth geared towards Bills fans for this question. Why? Why did you uh, respectfully? I know you, you responded back was like, respectfully, I can't say it. So why, why are you saying well, that we're like lower on the list? To be clear, this is no shade to Dolphins fans, but I'm not putting Dolphins fans in this, in that category. Like, okay. and that's that's not because there aren't great Dolphins fans. I think there's great fans in any fan base. Okay. Um, but you know, we can't, we can see certain things. And also part of the reason why, uh, I would say that is because Miami hasn't really put the best product out there and Miami is a unique city 
where there's a lot going on and there's a lot of things you can spend your entertainment dollar on and are encouraged to spend your entertainment dollar Mm -hmm. on. And at the end of the day, you know, we can love sports, but people have families, people have stuff that they can go do that brings them more happiness than going and watching a terrible product in the football field week in and week out in a hundred degree weather. You know, it's just, it's just, there's other things you can spend your money on and that's not, you know, shade to Buffalo, but I mean, we can all agree Miami and Buffalo are two different places there's more stuff to do in Absolutely. Miami like that's not an outrageous statement I'm sure there's fun things to do in Buffalo but it's not Miami just like it's mm-hmm. not LA and it's not New York and not Dallas like there are just certain places where there's just a lot more going on it's a bigger city that's it so there's no shade that's just the reality of it I live there there are hardcore Dolphins fans but there's other stuff to spend your money on and it's easier to do that when the product is bad I'm not saying that the Buffalo Bills fans are not some of the best fans in the league. In fact, I don't have a problem with people saying Bills fans are the best in the league. They're great fans, and you're absolutely right. And listen, I am not sitting outside in any kind of weather <laughs> to watch anything at this point. <laughs> people that go out in full snowsuits to watch a, a, a sporting event, I have a lot of respect for because I'm not doing it. But look, I'm from Pittsburgh. Like, I got to keep it real about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you're right. The Steelers have six championships. They've had a lot of successes with a lot to root for. But Steelers fans also have this really international fan base. They also travel really well. They have an old school fan base. So I've just got to ride with my Pittsburgh Steelers fans in that space. And I got to show, I was just showing some love to some other fan bases that I, in my business, you know, have noticed that have a really big stronghold. Obviously, LA has the Chargers and the Rams right now here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles and didn't have a professional team for a while. Still, honestly, could probably say there's more Raiders fans in L.A. than Rams fans and Chargers fans. So it's not that there aren't hardcore NFL fans in the city of Los Angeles where there's 10 million people in the city. Maybe we'll watch the Mm -hmm. NFL. But it's like it's a weird dynamic because the teams weren't here. So I'm not outraged at Buffalo Bills fans saying they're the best. (laughs) Um, I just have to ride with my Steelers and I had to show some love to other fan bases that I think are really hardcore. And I've also been through some, some bumps and bruises. I think the Raiders are a pretty good example of that. Um, not so much the Steelers, but we'll see how the next couple of years go without a quarterback. Um, but that's all I was saying. So I'm, I understand Buffalo Bills fans are sensitive about it and I get it <laughs> and I respect it. I'm just saying, I don't think, I don't know that it's a runaway and automatic that the Bills have the best fan base, but I'm okay. I understand your pride. I I respect it because I mean, but I I'll, I'll agree with you as well because I moved to Phoenix. You know, um, it's just certain weather I don't feel like dealing with anymore, and I love the team. I still cover the team, obviously, but yeah, no, I, I live in Phoenix for that reason. But um, yeah, okay, that I, I'm suf- I, that was a sufficient answer. I feel like if if fans aren't happy with it, I'm sorry. But let's move on. So you're right. This is probably one of the most anticipated Dolphins Bills games in recent, you know, cause even when the bills started to get good, Miami just caught, it, it just weren't there. So now it's like, okay, after week two, it looks like this might be an actual rivalry kind of brewing up. How do you think this is going to go? You know, are we going to live up to the billing? I think it's going to be a great game. It's, it couldn't be better for both of these organizations and for the NFL, for them to be meeting this week because the bills mm-hmm. smushed. I mean, mm-hmm. you couldn't even watch it. 
after a while, which is brutal, that last game. And they've looked so dominant and have so much hype coming into the season. I mean, I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl and Josh Allen to win league MVP this year. It feels like everybody is just riding the Bills bandwagon like it's their year, and I think it will be. I thought the Dolphins were going to be better this year for multiple reasons. Obviously, all the additions that they had to the roster on the offensive side of the ball, having an offensive coach, and then finally the organization fully backing Tua as their starter. And they've looked they've looked good. Um, yeah. I mean, a division win. And then obviously what they did last week coming back against the Ravens, which I think was was also a really big step for them because outside of it being a great game for Tua, they never being able to overcome adversity mid-game to me is a really important step. Like a game is completely away from you. And then for you to come back and win it like that, that's a really impressive step for uh, an otherwise young team. So I think it's I think it's a great showcase of two division teams that are the Dolphins on the rise and the Bills pretty much have arrived. I don't I don't know how it's going to go, but I am really excited to watch. I'm a little nervous from the Dolphins fan perspective because we are riding high this week coming off of that win against the Ravens and to uh, having the game of his life. I don't know that it's going to be another six touchdown game <laughs> for Tua, <laughs> but you know, I won't be down on the dolphins as long as it's competitive. If it gets away from them, it's going to be really scary for the rest of the league as far as the bills go. Um, and that will be disappointing, but I'm just, I, I won't be down on them because I think the bills are the better team right now and the better team in, in the best team in the division um, before the season, I had the Bills winning the division and the Dolphins right after them. I think, I don't know, that's like really a hot take. There's not a whole lot to get excited about with New England anymore and the Jets with the Jets. But I am really looking forward to seeing how this goes. So, well, before we move, like before I ask about like the, the Bills and what they have to do for this game, um, I also, I'm impressed at, and the Bills fans get mad at me for saying this, I'm impressed with, you know, they have a new coach and, He's a first-time coach, and Mike, like, to come out and, like you said, make those adjustments in the second half and to really turn that game around. Now, I mean, the Ravens obviously made some terrible, you know, there was some questionable calls and some bad defensive plays there, but all in all, they came out and they won the game in the second half. Um, has he impressed you as a coach so far? I mean, because I had questions. Like, you know, he, I, I think he wasn't even the play caller in uh, San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I definitely had questions, and also because it's the Dolphins – who finds ways to mess things up in uh, almost historical fashion when things are going well. I mean, the whole thing with Brian Flores was a disaster. I mean, we've all kind of moved on from it now, but that was embarrassing. And it's not like Brian Flores had them out here losing. Like they were mm -hmm. playing well, they were progressing and getting better. And then here comes this, you know, bomb that he's gone. And then obviously the lawsuit is just like, can, can y'all just, can y'all just not, please? <laughs> so I didn't know that Mike McDaniel was walking into the best scenario, but he's done a really great job. And when you look at, you know, the juxtaposition of him as a first-time head coach, and then you're looking at a situation like Denver with Nathaniel Hackett, and you're like, my guy, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is basic stuff that you've got to know, like you've got to have a plan for, or at least have – you know, a coach next to you to be like, uh, -uh no, like we're not it, yeah. an 80 yard field goal in the spot. We've got <laughs> Russell Wilson, you know, you haven't seen those type of things from Mike McDaniel and this win, particularly, like I said, being able to overcome what was essentially the game was over, you know, to overcome a deficit like that and to make those adjustments and take advantage of the mistakes 
and the opportunities that the Ravens gave him, I think is really impressive. So, yeah, I mean, he, I wasn't sure, not as an indictment of him, but really just, you know, I've just seen this movie so many times mm -hmm. that I wanted to keep my expectations low. And he's been really impressive. I'll tell you what, um, I'm embarrassed. Like, I think a lot of Bills fans are embarrassed. Like Nate Hackett is like a disciple of Buffalo. <laughs> so like the fact that he went out there, you got Russell Wilson and you make that call. And yeah, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> They've got Still a lot on... of tricks in Denver. There's, there's a lot going on there. Well, but it's upsetting because, you know, as a fan of football, obviously I'm a Bills fan, but as a fan of football, every year it seems like we always say Denver is just a quarterback away. Like, oh my God, they just need a quarterback. They're needing... And now they finally have a quarterback and you don't put the ball in his hands when the game is over. And it's just, it's frustrating as a football fan to watch. But they're also but... the most penalized team in the league so yeah. far. And I think they're like, I think they're last in red zone touchdowns. Like they've just got a lot to adjust. I feel like they'll get it together because I have faith in Russ, but it's, it's been a rough watch so far. Well, I look at that one game and it's like, obviously they had the two fumbles on the goal line and yeah. you know, you, you look at that otherwise and it's like, okay, Williams doesn't typically fumble. And, you know, so if those fumbles don't happen and they score those two touchdowns, we're probably having a different conversation about the Denver Broncos, but unfortunately it didn't happen. So yeah. Okay, back to this game though, because because um, I'm I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous, but I'm gonna tell you what I didn't believe that Tariq Hill would be able to be Tariq Hill with Tua, and I, I'm just being honest. I, I was talking so much crap over the summer. I'm like, yeah, he he got the speed, but I mean, Tua can't throw it three yards, and he's leading the league in passing yards, and you know now. I'm not saying he's throwing those balls the way Josh Allen throws them, but he's leading the league in passing yards. He has two of the top receivers right now on his roster. Is he going to fizz out or is he still going to like when, when it's all said and done, whether they make the playoffs or not, whether they win the Super Bowl, is he going to be a, a, one of the leaders in that category or is he going to be somebody that's kind of like, okay, we're here, but we're going to make it. No, I think Tua coming into the league, the, we're starting to see what we saw from him in college when he was healthy. We're seeing those playmaking abilities. We're seeing his, you know, ability to, you know, not really move, use his feet too much. He's not a big physical guy, but he can, you know, he can shift the pocket. You saw the, you know, spin mm -hmm. move that, that he had to get out of that. Like, and he can throw the ball down the field. My issue with Tua, and it's not really with Tua specifically, it's again with the organization, was they never really backed him. Like he didn't come into the league and have support like Josh Allen was not good his first year no. but it didn't matter because he wasn't going anywhere and he wasn't he took a little bit of a step the second year but still struggled a lot but it didn't matter Josh Allen was going to be the guy it's and then he stepped up in his third year now had Josh Allen really struggled in his third year we're having a different conversation but they saw the talent and potential there they backed him they obviously put some pieces around him which all young quarterbacks need and Tua never had that and it wasn't really it's not an excuse but I really believe you have to do that for young quarterbacks and when you see young quarterbacks that have success they have those at least some of those elements put in place like what happened with Joe Burrow and the Bengals last year we got some amazing wide receiver weapons and Joe Burrow's obviously talented we saw what he did in college but mm -hmm. what happened in this first year was they didn't put an offensive line in place. Okay, he gets injured, of course, as anyone That's would in that situation. <laughs> and then next year they gave him some weapons, and what happens? They're playing in the Super Bowl. So Tua didn't have support internally. He really didn't have support from the head coach. The organization started Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
And then that was a constant back and forth with fans because Fitzpatrick was winning when they took him out. Then they tried to replace him with Deshaun Watson for the, the entire year up until the yeah. trading deadline. I'm, I'm not going to forget that they did that. Every single week, Tua was up there answering questions about whether he was going to be traded or not in his second year. Yeah. And then they oh, – was the second year? Second year. And then they tried to bring in Tom Brady, which we didn't even know was happening. <laughs> so he never had support. And, and I think yeah. for anyone in any business – in any line of work, but specifically a competitive line of work and specifically a job like being a quarterback in the NFL, I don't care how much character you have, that is eventually going to mess with you. That is eventually going to hinder your development. And I've I've banged on the table about this from the very beginning because I really think that young players should start right away, particularly quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel like they should sit, and I just disagree. One, I think you lose valuable development time invaluable reps i do think there's value in in learning from mistakes and uh, from an organizational standpoint you're able to find out if you have the guy sooner so that you can start planning to pay him first of all and bringing in veteran pieces around that elevate what he does so that you can win a super bowl when he is cheap or make a run when he is cheap so i I just felt like there were a lot of things that hindered to obviously he had some injuries as well that made things complicated but i'm not surprised that he is developing now and growing and have and had a performance like he had because he does have really serious weapons now which everyone needs and he has the support and and has a a collaborating uh coaching staff with him that's helping him do what he does best because we've seen Tua do this in college that's the reason why he was drafted where he was so how do you translate that to the nfl I mean, some guys just aren't good in the NFL. I don't think that that was the case with Tua. He just needed the right formula around him, which, look, the best of the best can elevate past that, but you can't expect mm-hmm. everybody to be that. It's not, not everybody, not yeah. Well, it's not realistic to just assume right. everybody would be that way. And and to your point, you know, Tua coming in. Now, I agree with you. And this is what I want to say to your point. Um, I agree with you. I think they should play first year. The issue with Tua, though, I thought he should have sat because of the injury. I didn't think he was fully – um, I just didn't think he was fully healthy. And then you see him get banged up a little bit in, in his first season. And then actually last year he got injured again against us. I think it was week two. And, you know, you just, it's like, let this guy get a chance to really, you know, be healthy and come out and see what he can do. And now, you know, we'll see if this is, if this is legitimate, you know, I, I'm, it's exciting for, for Miami fans. It's, even as a Bills fan, it's exciting because it gives me a chance to talk crap. You know, it's like, you know, if the team isn't good, you know, what are you going to, you don't care to talk crap to a team that's not. Oh no. Yeah. Duds duds are good for no one. Duds aren't good for the media. It's not good for players and it's not good for fans. Like you don't want to go into a weekend, even though, you know, obviously any team can beat any team on any given weekend. You don't want to go into a weekend. Like I'm not excited about this matchup. Like (laughs) we're probably going to smoke them there. I can't get mad at the other team. Like, you know, there's a bunch of injuries or not playing well. Like that's not good for anybody. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. So um, before we talk about your show, because I, I I'm excited for your show, even though it's not you know it's not my show, but I'm excited for it because you you co-host with some people that I enjoy very much, uh, a Buffalo Bills legend, someone specifically I'm talking about. But prior to getting there, um, I did want to ask you real quick, just some advice from from your perspective as so being a Bills fan my entire life. I'm 36, so I, I went, when when the Bills were in the, the Super Bowl every year. You know, I was kind of like too young to really care. Like I cared because I was a kid and my family cared, but I didn't. Now going through all of that, those years, 
And now to have this, I don't know how to really have these conversations because I sound arrogant and I'm not trying to sound arrogant, Joy. So um, how, how, do I, how do I have these conversations professionally? Because you do it so well, honest to God. When you have your, like when Miami was in, you know, when the, the Heat was in the championship, we all know you got your dance and, you know, you're doing your thing, but you weren't arrogant with it. And I'm having a difficult time right now coming across as arrogant. Well, um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know that it matters that you're arrogant, you know, it's, it's your team and they're awesome. It. So I don't, I, I don't it. know. We had a thing in Miami when they were, uh, when it was the big three in Miami, the Heatles, uh, cocky heat mm -hmm. fan. And we would just talk about how great we were every single day. And so what? We are great. Like what's, mm -hmm. We're That's great. You're not. That's just what it is. And and we had plenty of years when we were not great and we ate it. And now we don't have to do that anymore. And you do. So so what? I don't really I don't really buy into uh, I, have, I have a running joke, but I'm actually really not joking that like humble is not my lifestyle. Like I just don't subscribe to that to being humble. I'm going right be humble before God and my mama. Everybody else, I really don't care. <laughs> you're not going to phase my uh, confidence, whether it is delusional or not. So I don't think you need to be, or, or Bills fans need to be uh, apologetic about how they feel, uh, how you guys feel about your team. The Bills are great. Enjoy it. Brag. There were plenty of years when you did not get to brag and you were not good and that sucked. So, <laughs> so what? I mean, when the Heat are good, I'm in everybody's face. Yeah, no, I take it. I take it because I've I mean, been really, I've been people struggling. Still, people still try to, to talk about, uh, you know, the heat and the bubble or whatever. I'm like, if it, the bubble was so easy, why was your team so trash? Facts, because I'm a. If it was just playing too. in a in a local gym, like you were really bad that year then, because you couldn't you couldn't even do that. So it, it, it amazes you know, me. I don't have a problem with being cocky. That bubble, real talk, real quick. That bubble, it, it amazes me how many people. So, like during the playoffs that year, everybody's like, "Oh, this is going to be the most difficult playoffs of all time because they got to focus and they got to worry about this and worry about that." And then the Heat and the Lakers make it, and then it's like, "Oh, this was like backyard basketball." And it's like, "Wait a minute, come on now!" Like you can't flip it because if if Giannis would have won it, they would have donned him the greatest basketball player to ever come. And it's like, come on, man, let's be fair. I get it. We hate the Lakers. We hate the Heat. Let's, let's relax. It let's should relax. have a lot to do with people hating the Heat and hating the Lakers. That's that's for sure. I mean, in my opinion, uh, the bubble is one of the most fascinating it, just social sports mm -hmm. uh, logistical experiments that's ever been pulled off. I mean, it was incredible that they were able to not only pull that together the way that they did, but have no outbreaks and this was mm -hmm. obviously a time where we did not have the vaccine we did not really even know a lot about what was going on i mean for them to be able to actually finish that season and the implications of them not finishing that season like had that not happened and what would have happened with the cba and like the rollover of statistics for that year and who gets paid and i mean it would have been a nightmare for the sport so for them to be able to do it and actually have real competition and real games and just it was it's really a, a marvel to me. Like, I don't think people give it enough credit. And the competition itself, like you're you're like stuck away at like basketball camp for months yeah. without your family staying in this hotel room. Uh, you know, you can't see anybody except for your teammates every single day. Like, I'm not trying to make it seem like it was 
you know, something horrible, but that's a lot mentally to get over. And you saw a lot of teams fall apart because it wasn't, it was not a normal situation to have to overcome. If people don't have their outlets, their families to love their dogs or whatever, like, and I know that sounds like a very simple thing, but no, people need an outlet from work and from whatever. So, but okay. uh, We got to let you get out of here really soon. So uh, before I do, I wanted to ask you about your new show. I wanted to, um, you know, just, First, let's talk. Talk to me. Tell me about your show. Tell me about um, how it came about. I'm a huge fan of Colin, so it was a little disappointing to me when you left. But again, now you're you're teaming up with, with some people I really really like. So let's just talk a little bit about that before we get on out of here, and then get your final uh, thoughts and take on on what's going to happen Sunday when the Bills come and smack your team down. <laughs> Uh, Well, the new show is Speak on FS1, 4:30 p.m. Eastern, 4:30 to 6. And it's myself, Emmanuel Acho, obviously, LaShawn Shady McCoy, and Dave Hellman, who is an NFL insider and covered the Cowboys for about 10 years in Dallas. And it's uh, it's not a, a, a debate show. It's really more of a, you know, roundtable, locker room kind of atmosphere. We're all good friends, and it's a lot of sports arguments, but I wouldn't go so far as debates. Uh, You know, when we talk about sports, Mm -hmm. we just tend to argue about things because that's just how sports fans communicate. Like it's our love language. Um, But it's it's a lot of fun. Like it's it's very it's very fun. It's very light. Um, It's a good hang. And that's what we want it to be. We want sports fans to be able to, you know, have a show that, you know, is with a bunch of people that really love sports and really enjoy talking about sports and are very opinionated. And that's that's what I think we've put together. And it's been a really fun couple of weeks since the launch. It was a hard transition, obviously, coming out of the herd because, uh, one, I love doing radio. I started in radio. Radio is a big passion of mine. And obviously, Colin does the biggest radio sports, you know, television radio simulcast in the business and is the best at it. Um, and he's also just was an, is an amazing person and was great to work with. I mean, my professional life was very, very uh, drama free for the past couple of years. Like Colin is just a great teammate. He's always prepared. He takes doing the show very seriously. You know, he he preps, does a two hour prep meeting before every show. Well, the show's three hours and he's doing a two hour prep meeting before the show. So I just show you, you know, how much time he puts into every single show and you know it was it was a great learning experience for me obviously a massive platform and you know i'm really proud of the show that we did it was it was hard you know colin and i are very good friends and you know we had our little crying moment about me leaving um but you know i'm i'm an aspirational person and you know it was Mm -hmm. time for me to take the the next step in my career to you know being a full-time opinionist and host and it was a great seat to step into so i'm i'm really excited about the new show i always love love Colin, love the herd. And, uh, and I'm really appreciative of everybody who enjoyed the show for the past couple of years. Like, it's always nice to know that the work that you're doing, people are receiving well and enjoy, you know, like we're in the entertainment business is essentially what sports broadcasting is. And so, you know, when people like the show that you're doing, that you put in work on, it's, it's always nice to hear. So um, I'm grateful for the experience and excited about, you know, hopefully giving that same experience to people who watch speak. Ladies and gentlemen, check her out. It's one of the best shows on right now. It's funny. Shady's on there, and he is absolutely uh, – he's Shady. So you, yes. you know who he, you all know who Shady is. Um, and, and last thing before I let you go, what does he have to do to talk you into actually saying Josh over 
Mahomes. We love Mahomes. We know he's we know he's one A one B. But you you still you, you're holding on to that like you're holding on. And I need you to just go ahead and give it the, <laughs> let go and give it the job. You know, I really I tend to not really like those conversations. Also, it's been really fun to have the, that argument with them about you know who's the better quarterback right now, Josh Allen or Patrick. I don't like to have those conversations because. I don't want to diminish one over the other. Like they're, right. they're splitting hairs. They're both incredible talents and are going to be at the top of the league for the next 10 years. So it always sounds like you're dissing one if you pick the other one. So right. I always want to be, you know, very cognizant of not sounding like that because it's truly not what I believe. I think Josh Allen is incredible. And I was very wrong about Josh Allen. I mean, I thought Josh Allen was bad. I mean, he was bad his first couple of years, but I, 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 I didn't think there was any hope. I will say that. No. I was like, this is a bad situation. And I was wrong. Um, and kudos to him for overcoming that and becoming the talent that he is and the Bills as well. Um, I just have to give the nod to the King until they knock off Patrick Mahomes, which respectfully hasn't happened yet in the postseason. And, you know, that happens. Then I will start listening more closely to the other side of the argument. But Pat just okay. has Pat just has too many rings and things right now for me to ignore. Okay. I'm with you. Tell Shady we got his back in Buffalo, though. We're going to keep <laughs> we're gonna keep hyping him. So, ladies and gentlemen, the, the wonderful, the amazing, the beautiful Miss Joy Taylor, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Take care. All right, guys. Joy was here. She was great. Uh, I'm going to get on out of here. I love y'all. Um, before I get out of here, I do want to say, listen, um, Buffalo, over this last weekend, y'all came out, y'all did y'all thing, y'all showed out, and y'all didn't play games. The karaoke party for, for Aunt Pearl was amazing. It was amazing. And if you weren't there, you should have some serious FOMO happening because I'm going to tell you, it was amazing. Saturday, the beer release, the live pod with Joe, with Sterling, and I'm going to miss somebody, so I'm not even about to go down the names. But the live pod with everybody was amazing. It was an amazing event. Resurgence said they couldn't thank everybody enough. Um, from the bottom of my heart, I can't thank everybody enough. I don't know if everybody got a chance to to, uh, to kind of catch me on the little live that that Joe Croom and I did uh, Sunday night after the football games. We kind of talked about some hip hop, and it was like literally just drunk drunk banter. We were just yelling at each other. I don't know if everybody got a chance to see that, but again, that was phenomenal. Shout out to Joe Croom. Shout out to uh, my man Dan, and just everybody who 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 just made the weekend so wonderful uh shout out to sarah shout out to to b and um who else i, I gotta shout everybody out shout out to tiff shout out to i don't know everybody it was an amazing an amazing weekend thank you so much b shout out to b um did i say b already i gotta go listen i love y'all you know how i do it over here y'all love each other take care of each other and live in peace and as always stay positive test negative go bills Code of conduct. <laughs>